Amen. Proverbs chapter 3 this morning. This being fathers, I want to preach a message that's going to be a help to fathers, but a help to uh, <coughs> children as well. And a help to all of us that are involved in this, uh, in the church and in the, in the work of seeing children raised and going on for God. Uh, let me say this, though. <clears throat> I realize when I begin to talk about fathers, what I do is I press an emotional button for everybody. You know, some, possibly the few, look back with fond memory on a, on a home that was, listen, it was just the way you would want it to be. Everything went well in that home. Uh, others will look back on a home and say, well, you know what, they did the best they could. And, and some of you look back on a home where dad was either absent or was, was a problem in the home. And I, I realize that we look back at those things and we look at them and we think, you know, uh, <clears throat> this, is, this is a hot-button topic when we talk of it. Uh, I, I read several studies this week on the importance of fatherhood. And by the way, it's staggering how important fatherhood is. Now, you may not have had the father that you'd like to have, but you do have a heavenly father. You do have one that can step in and that can take it. You may not, uh, you know, be in a home where it's the way you'd like it to be. But you have got a Heavenly Father. And what I'd like us to think of this morning, rather than looking back on the failures of the past, I'd like us to think on the fact that we can do better. That we have the Spirit of God. We have a Heavenly Father. We can actually do better. And the generations that uh, go forth from us will be blessed indeed. And we can improve upon what we brought uh, to the table in the first place by being more godly and letting the Spirit of God have His way in our lives and in our hearts. I honestly think that being, being a father is one of the most onerous tasks you could ask of anyone. And yet it's one of the most blessed. Interestingly enough, one of the studies I looked at this week was that 80%, 87% of men felt that uh, being a father <clears throat> was more exciting, more blessed, if you want to put it that way, than, than their job was. But you know what happens for dads very often? Dads very often focus on their jobs. Right? <clears throat> and they focus on those things uh, that are less important to them, really. So, man, I want us to look this morning at the, the Word of God, and I want us to be challenged from the Word of God to be the best kind of fathers that we can be. And if you've made mistakes in the past, listen, put, put them in the past. If you need to you ask the forgiveness of your children, ask the forgiveness of your children and move on as a father. If you've been hurt in a, in a tough situation, listen, move on from it and be the best kind of father that you can be. Uh, as children of parents, let's understand the difficulty of the task and, and, uh, you know, and be a help and be a blessing. As wives, uh, <clears throat> let's be an encouragement to these men that are going to be fathers. And as a church, listen... <clears throat> really the task of raising children is, 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 is a family issue. But you know what? A church and a school are there to help. They are to help with the, with the work of raising a family. So let's uh, look at our text. We're going to read Proverbs chapter 3, and we're going to read down <clears throat> to verse 13. And then we'll come back, and we're going to focus on just a couple of verses in this. Let's read, and then we'll pray. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to, to thee. That sounds good, doesn't it? Length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. So wisdom, knowing the law, adds these to your life. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Uh, 
Verse 3 says, let not mercy and truth. Those two words come together often. They seem at times to be opposites, but in the scripture, there's a balance. There's mercy and truth. You don't sacrifice one for the other. Mercy and truth are balanced. They, they stay together. Uh, so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. My testimony as a father is, listen, uh, I needed to trust the Lord all the way because I didn't know what to do. I think I know a whole lot better what to do at this stage, but I think if I was faced with it again, I'd be in the same place again. I didn't know what to do. You know, when it comes to raising your children, the most important thing I got from God was mercy. Because when you trust in Him and when you walk with Him, His mercy flows in your life. And even though you make mistakes and you will make mistakes, His mercy avails. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, verse 6, and He shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, Fear the Lord and depart from evil. You know, pride is a huge obstacle to us. If we think we can do it, we're sunk before we start it. If we think we're able, we're sunk. You know what? Listen, I needed all the help from God and everybody else I could possibly get to raise a family. Now, I didn't start off in thinking that, but, but when I got into it, I realized it. I needed all the help I could possibly have. Don't be proud about this thing. We can't do it. Verse 8, it shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. My son, here's the verses we're going to look at. Despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. Let's pray. Father, would you bless us now as we look to your word? Would you help us, Lord? We desperately need you, and we need your hand upon me, Lord, to to say those words that you want said, and upon your your people, Lord, to hear and to be encouraged. And Lord, I understand that, Lord, uh, this is a hot-button topic, Lord. It's an emotional issue for many. Lord, would you help us to take each thing in in a right way, not to look back on the failures of the past, others and and our own failures, but Lord, to look forward to uh, what we can do and how we can be different because of what you're going to teach us. Help us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, first off here, I want you to notice that in verse 11, uh, we're addressed as my son. Every father is a son. Uh, we got to understand we're, we're, we're sons of fathers of our own, and we we bring to our homes and our families a lot of stuff from from our homes, some good, some junk, right? But we bring to our families uh, uh, the fact that we've been a son, the fact that we've been raised in a certain way. It's amazing to me how much of an impact our homes have on us. It really is. It's it's incredible. You know, when I was a rebellious teen, uh, I was never going to be like my dad. Now my wife keeps telling me I'm like my father, you know. Uh, It's amazing how much of an impact those things have in your life that they actually kind of, they just mold you, they shape you. But you know, not only are we the sons of earthly fathers, but we're the sons of a heavenly father. And what has happened in our lives can change. We can change. I don't know how people in the world change. I know they go to all kinds of courses and they go to psychiatrists and they go to all kinds of things. But you know what? Changing what's been programmed into you over a 20-year period is very difficult. 
It's really difficult. But you know, as children of a heavenly father, we have the Holy Spirit to change us. We have the Holy Spirit's power available to us so that we can change. We can be different. We can be changed. And look, our text is going to show us God's interested in changing us. God's not interested in just, you know, putting up with us till he takes us home to glory. Uh, he's interested in changing us, in conforming us to the image of his son. And that's going to have an impact upon our homes as fathers too because God wants to do a work in our hearts and lives. So listen, <clears throat> remember that we're sons. You know, that you're a son. And young people, let me say this as far as your fathers are concerned. Do remember that he's not perfect and that he does come from a background. And that change is not easy. And I wish I could say, you know, listen, when people people get saved, you know, what we do is we have this little book that they read, and when they've read this book, they become Christians, and, you know, they, they start the course uh, one way, and they walk out the course, you know, after six weeks, and they're completely changed. They're different. Everything has changed. But it doesn't happen like that. Do you know how Christians change? They change in the cut and thrust of life. They change as they live, as they grow. You know, we're going to look at that from our text too. So understand this, that your dad didn't start off perfect. And what's happening is he's learning as he raises you. He's learning as he works it through with you. And you say, well, that's not fair. Listen, that's God's plan. And understand this too, that God didn't miss it with any of us. God didn't miss it with one of us. You know, you may look back at your home and you say, oh, the situation was just so dreadful. Or the situation was non-existent. Or the situation was whatever. You know, God wasn't sitting in heaven wringing his hands and saying, Oh no, I can't believe that's happening to him or her. You know, God was actually in it. God was allowing it for good. All things work together for good. Unless we get bitter. When we get bitter and bent out of shape about it, you know what? The bitterness creates bad in our lives. So you got to look back on your situation. you got to say, Hang on, God was in it. There's good in this situation. And you will find that every trial God has allowed into your life gives you the opportunity to be a better person. Every difficulty gives you the opportunity to be a better person because you have a heavenly Father that understands what it takes to make you like Jesus. He knows. And so he's let certain difficulties come into your life to actually bring you to that place where you're like uh, Jesus. Now, fathers, if you understand uh, that you're a son, that'll help you understand where your children are at. Isn't it easy to get to the age of 35 or 40 and you've forgotten what it was like to be a kid altogether? You've forgotten how hard it was to be a kid. We were in the restaurant the other day and um, <clears throat> the, the waitress, uh, very unusual for a waitress, you know, usually waitresses are just light and breezy and so on and they, and they pass on about their day, uh, but she was having a bad day. Her 16-year-old was torturing her, and um, she was all upset about the 16-year-old that was giving her trouble at home and that was torturing her. And I just said to her, I said, what were you like when you were 16? And she said, oh, I was dreadful. Now, she didn't use those words. She used uh, more colorful words, right? <laughs> but she said, I was dreadful <laughs> uh, when I was 16. And you see, here's the deal. We forget what it's like to be young. We forget what it's like to be in those difficult years. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to accept everything from your kid and you're going to say, okay, well, listen, uh, he's just going through a hard time, just accept, uh, accept it. But at least understand. You've got to steer them. You've got to direct them. You've got to discipline them. But at least understand where they're coming from. And dads, remember, as much as you like to think you are, you're not perfect. Which means that you've got growing to do. 
that you've got changing to do, which means that one of the things that's going to come off your lips probably more than anything else in your home is, I am sorry, please forgive me. And when dad can actually do that in the home and can actually be sorry for what he's done, you know what, that's a tremendous impact upon the home. Because that kind of lets you off the hook. Your kids realize, you know what, he's not perfect. He knows he's not perfect. We know he's not perfect. They can live with your imperfection. But when they feel like you think you're perfect, when they feel like you're holding up this masquerade of perfection, uh, that makes it very difficult for them. So first of all, let's understand, you're a son too. You've got a dad, you're a son too. Secondly, as fathers who are children, we need continuing wisdom, don't we? Listen, we're supposed to teach our kids. We're supposed to train them up in the way they should go. Uh, You know, we're supposed to, uh, the the Bible says, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far far from them. We're supposed to deal with our kids and drive the foolishness from them before they grow up, because I'm telling you, uh, if they get to be adults and they're still fools, you have a holocaust on your hands, mom and dad. So when they're kids, we're supposed to drive the foolishness out, and that's what the rod of correction is supposed to do. It's supposed to change them. Um, But you know what? We need wisdom because foolishness was bound in our hearts too. We need wisdom. You know, the the, the context that we're looking at these verses in 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 Proverbs chapter 3 is the idea of wisdom. We need wisdom. Now, we have wisdom available to us, don't we? If any man lack wisdom, let him call upon God. God will give you wisdom. He giveth to every man liberally and upbraideth. Now, God will give you wisdom. You're going to face situations with with your children that you just don't know what to do. God's got wisdom for you. God's got help for you. One of the problems for us is though we get stuck on what we think is the best wisdom. And we don't do it God's way. We do it our way. Or, Or we do it the world's way. Because listen, we're children of a world and we listen to the world's teaching and preaching uh, so often that we'll miss it and we'll not do it God's way. But when we, when we cry out to God for wisdom, God gives us wisdom. Now, understand this, though. When God gives you wisdom, he doesn't give you wisdom to evaluate it. You know what I mean by evaluating wisdom? Listen, you you go to the doctor. The doctor says, well, look, here's the prognosis. You've got such and such a disease, and you need to do such and such. You can take, and you can go home, and you can evaluate that. You might get a second opinion from another doctor. And you might say, well, okay, well, listen. And you might come to a different conclusion than the first doctor gave you. But where are you going to go to second-guess God? Where are you going to go to get a better opinion than God? Where are you going to go to actually find out? If God says it in his word, then that's it. It's done. You just got to do it. Don't let the world interfere with what God is telling you to do. And let me say this to you. It gets increasingly difficult to actually do things biblically in a world that's lost all sense of right and wrong and lost all reality of God and lost all understanding uh, of a moral way to live. It gets increasingly difficult, but you've got to take it and deal with it God's way. You say, I'm not sure it's working. Don't worry about it. God told you to do it. You just keep doing it. Uh, let me let me say to you, parents, and we're not going to deal with this issue this morning. <clears throat> you have got to discipline your kids, and by that I mean the rod. I mean physical discipline. That has got to be part of the way you raise your kids. There's, there's no way around it. it that's what God says. God, God, God doesn't say foolishness is bound to the heart of a child, but talking shall drive it far from him. He doesn't say that. 
God says foolishness is bound in the heart of, of a child, but the rod shall drive it far from him. That's your job. That's your sacred, God-given responsibility to take that child and to drive the, the, the foolishness from them. You say, but that's so hard. Listen, that's what God says. That's not what I said. That's not what a church says. That's what God says. And if you don't do it, you're going to reap troubles and problems from it. And you that have little ones in the home, listen, it is such a sweet thing to deal with them. You say it doesn't seem very sweet for them. Eilish uh, didn't think it was sweet the other day when Chris was dealing with it. <clears throat> but you know what? It is such a sweet thing because, you know, you can take a little one and you can bring them to the point of seeing and knowing their sin so that they forsake it and walk clean away. And when they're done, they're, they're, they're right with God, they're right with you, the world is right. You can actually help them to learn to live clean uh, by dealing with... They're going to be foolish. That's just the reality. They're, they're going to be foolish, but your job is to take them and lovingly drive it far from them. And if you don't do it, if you don't discipline them, if you don't have those moments in their lives when you know your world and their world collides and uh, they are pressed to actually do what you want them to do, you raise them with a burden that the world will have to deal with for them. And the world's a much harsher teacher than you are. And the world doesn't love them like you do. So that when you don't do it, that's not love. Love is taking care of your kids. Love is dealing with them. Love is doing the business for them. I, <clears throat> but understand that we need wisdom as far as these things are concerned. Even when it comes to disciplining your kids, you need wisdom. How many times we we prayed, Lord, there's something wrong. We don't know what it is. Lord, help. Give us a reason to deal with, deal with it. And God would do it. We need God involved in this uh, deal of, uh, of raising kids. Remember that your kids are his. Now we talk about baby dedications. Children are in heritage of the Lord. Right? <clears throat> that God's desire, God's passion from your marriage is that he might have a godly seed. You know, listen, your kids are more about God than they are about you. Doesn't that mean you can, you can appeal to him for help? Doesn't that mean that you can actually draw upon him and his reserves when it comes to raising kids? Doesn't that mean you can go to him and say, Lord, I don't know what to do. Lord, Lord, this is your child. Show me what to do and I'll do it. But, but, but don't do the show me what to do, Lord, and, and I'll do it and say, no, not, not that, something else, Lord. Because that's all what we do. Listen, Lord, you show me what to do and I will do it. And I will faithfully do it. And if you will faithfully do what God has told you to do, you know what, listen, you'll be right with God. But you know what, it'll work. Your kids will actually take it on board. They, they will be helped by it. Remember <clears throat> Solomon? Um, <clears throat> Solomon's daddy passed the kingdom on to him. And God came to Solomon and said, Solomon, what can I do for you? Ask me, and I'll do it for you. Whatever you want, Solomon, I'll do it for you. And Solomon thought, and he said, Lord, give me a heart of wisdom to lead your people. Listen, fathers, are you not leading his people in that little flock that's in your home? Lord, give me a heart of wisdom that I can lead your people. And you know what the crowning glory of fathers is? It's wisdom, isn't it? Isn't that why your kids phone you up and say, Dad, I got a problem here. What do I do with this? Um, Dad, I got a, uh, I got an issue and a difficulty with this. What do I do now? Isn't it wisdom? And God gives that wisdom. That's one of the glories of fatherhood is the wisdom that God gives along the years. But you know where the wisdom comes from? The wisdom comes from God, from His Word, from learning and studying and applying it. 
You know, God will give you that, but um, we need to apply wisdom in our lives. Listen, Dad, you need to be a man of the book. Not a man that just kind of, you know, reads a little few verses to get him through the day, but a man that studies the book, a man that's in the Word, a man that makes it important in his life to spend time with God in his Word so that he knows God. So that when it comes to wisdom for his family, listen, he's got the wisdom from the book. He knows the answers. Not his, his answers, but God's answers. Be, be a man of the book. Thirdly, though, wisdom comes through <clears throat> the discipline of your heavenly Father. Wouldn't it be so nice if I could hand you this, you know, the moment you got saved and say, now look, it's going to take you. You, you, just, you, you just start reading now, and in about three weeks' time, uh, I think you'd probably read it in three weeks if you did nothing else. In about three weeks' time, you read it, and by the time you've read it, you will be all you're ever going to need to be as a Christian. Wouldn't it be lovely? Just give you the workbook, you know, and, and you work through it, and, you, and you've got it done. But it doesn't happen like that, does it? Now, here's what God does. God gives you the workbook, and he tells you to study the workbook, and he gives you his Holy Spirit. And then what God does is God lets you loose on life, and God begins to correct you as you make mistakes. God begins to deal with you as you make mistakes. Um, that's his way. That's the way God does it. God begins to shape you in the cut and thrust of life. Uh, it's, it's his discipline. So, you know, you're going in the wrong direction, and God will close the door in your face. And you get so frustrated because God's closed that door. No, no, that's God working in your life. So, you know, um, you, you, you got a plan to do something, and all of a sudden, a problem over here happens so that you can't do what you were going to do, and God's working in your life, God's disciplining you. Understand this. Everybody here, everybody here that's a believer, you, you live in a different economy from the time you're saved. Understand that. It doesn't work the way it used to work. You know, it doesn't work, you know, the, 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 the way you were able to manage and make things happen before you were saved changes completely because God steps into the picture. Because God looks at your life and, and God wants to change you and work in your life and he begins to discipline you. And, you know, sometimes the discipline is harsh because you've willfully gone wrong. A lot of times the discipline is, discipline is kind of soft discipline. God's just directing you and redirecting you in your life. But he's trying to get you to an end. He's trying to get you to a certain place. He's, he's working. He's teaching you what's wrong. Now, look, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I want to be a good learner. I don't think I've always been a good learner, but I want to be a good learner. I, I, I don't want to learn my lessons five times. <clears throat> I, you know, I don't want to spend times going through the same class over and over and over again. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes we go through the same class over and over and over again. Why don't you learn the lesson the first time? Now, what does it mean to learn the lesson? Well, learning the lesson means taking the truth and applying it in your life. That's all it means. Just taking the truth and applying it. All kinds of obstacles in our way, our history, you know, other people, all kinds of obstacles in our way as far as taking the truth and applying it in our lives. But you know, we've got to overcome those obstacles and just apply it. Just do it. Just obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Just trust him and obey him and do what he says. And you know what? You learn, you move on. But very often what happens for us is we come to the lesson, we see the lesson. God brings discipline into our lives to show us the lesson, and we say, yeah, but. And we go around the mountain and come to the lesson again because we, we can't move on until we get that lesson in our lives. Listen, get the lesson. Get the lesson. 
Whatever it is God's teaching you, listen, get it. Don't go on and on and on, beating your head off a brick wall. Get it. Get the lesson. Look, not one of us in this room is ever going to best God. Did you know that? That we're never actually going to know better than him and move on and get it a better way than he had for us. Look, learn the lesson. What is God asking of you? Just do it. Just do it. You know what? It's simple when you just do it. It looks impossible. It looks hard. But it's simple when you just do it. It's not hard at all. You just got to do it. Do whatever it is God's telling you to do. Don't fuss. Don't be like the horse that comes to the fence and balks and goes back. Listen, just go. And you will find that God will actually enable you to do it. Because the Spirit of God is the enabling power of God for us to do what God wants us to do. So what is God What is God bringing into your life? What is God disciplining you to do? Listen, just do it. You say, it's not that simple. It actually is that simple. Just do it. Don't fight with them. Just do it, and you'll find that his power can enable you to achieve what he wants to achieve in your lives. He's good at this. He knows what he's doing. He's worked with people for a long time. He's only waiting for you to submit to him so that he can actually empower you to do it. So, so don't let's fight with him. Let's understand <clears throat> that um, <clears throat> we need <clears throat> God's discipline in our lives, that it's a help to us. Now, there is an issue for us uh, in how we respond to his discipline. Look look in our text here. Uh, Verse 11 says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. One, we can despise uh, the chastening of the Lord, can't we? Then Laelish was despising, despising the chastening of dad the other day. It had to go further than that because she was, right? I wasn't there, praise God. Uh, But it had to go further than that in her life because she was despising the chase. It's very easy for us to do that. You know, we get bent out of shape. We get bitter with God because he brings difficulties into our lives because he won't let us do what we want to do. And and when we despise the chastening of the Lord, you know, we're like the child that hardens their neck against the parent. You know, I'm not going to cry. They're not going to make me cry. They're not going to make me submit to this. I'm going to, I'm going to still be standing at the end of it. Well, yeah, but, but what did you win? What did you actually succeed in doing? You, you didn't get the benefit of what was happening in your life. And the same thing can happen for us. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to do it differently. I'm going to stay the way I am. Well, okay, you can do that. But what do you gain from it? Isn't it much better to give in? Isn't it much better to yield to God? Bob says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. Isn't isn't that what you need to do in your life? You need to submit yourself to God. You need to yield yourself to him. But so often what we do is, you know, we fight against it. And it's incredible to me that, that we can come to the same point of discipline over and over and over again and Resist God on it. Despise his chastening. Why don't we just give in? Second thing, though, he, he warns us against here. He warns us about being weary. We get weary, we get fed up. Now, why would you get weary with God? Right? So if you got past, you, you didn't despise his chastening, but you, but you got weary. Well, you know when you get weary, you get weary when you don't change. 
You get weary when you don't let God actually do the work he wants to do in changing it. You get fed up. You get to the place where you think, well, I'm never going to change anyway. Well, listen, if you're never going to change, it's not because God doesn't have power to change you. And it's not because it's impossible for you to change. It's If you're going to get weary, the, the problem is that, listen, you don't want to change. Somewhere, for some reason, you don't want to change. You don't want to yield to God. You don't want to let him have his way in your life. You don't want him to make you the person he wants you to be. Now, that's very often because we've got one plan and God's got another plan. We've we got one, one direction we want to go and God's got another direction entirely. And, and, you know, and God's not going to let us go in the direction we want to go because he wants us to go in this direction here. And we get weary when we won't give in and we won't yield to him. Listen, God knows best. Isn't it a sweet thing in your home when your children are small and they look at daddy and they think, daddy knows everything. Remember those days when daddy knew everything? If there was any problem in the world, daddy could fix it. You know, he was just, I mean, he was partway between uh, Superman, Spider-Man, and, and all, all the other superheroes tied in together. Daddy was like that. He, he could do absolutely anything. And, you know, at that stage, your, your child is very moldable. But then they get older than that, and they begin to wonder, I wonder, Kenny, I think he don't think he understands this. <clears throat> I'm sure he doesn't know this. And it, it becomes more difficult for you to lead them because they become... Uh, much more questioning. And when they get to the place where they're rebellious, it's very hard to lead them at all. What they're doing is they're standing in their own way. And you know, God wants you to take on board what he's saying to you as his child and just do it. Just in simple faith, do it. You know, it's interesting to watch people's simple faith in operation. To watch people that just do it. Sometimes it looks like they don't know any better than to just do what God told them to do. And you see it working in their lives. And then you watch other people who are looking at the situation and they're checking it out and they're wondering, how. well, if I do that, I'm going to have this problem and this problem and this problem and this problem. You know, I'm not sure I can do that. And, and they end up stuck where in simple faith somebody can actually step out, trust God and do it and succeed and because of worldly wisdom, people get all twisted up and knotted up and they can't achieve it. They can't do it. Listen, just trust God in your own life and do it. And you know what? When it comes to your children, you'll be able to pass that on to them. You see, you're the picture of God for your children, Dad. Do you understand that? That's terrifying to me. <clears throat> that is absolutely... When they're little... Um, they look at you and they think, that's what God's like. And they decide on a relationship with God very often based upon what they see in you. But you know, when you're rightly related to God, when you're in the place that, <clears throat> that you know, uh, you're looking to God and, and you're depending upon Him and you're not getting weary with His dealing in your life and you're giving them the right answers and the right responses, you know what? They're getting an impression of who God is through you. You've got to. You've got to be that right kind of person. You, you can't uh, despise his correction and get weary. <clears throat> Look what else it says, though, in our text in verse 12. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth. Even the Father, the, as a father, the Son in whom he delighteth. You know, that's, it's only possible for us to rightly discipline children that we love, that we actively are loving. To discipline your child in anger 
is to break the mold altogether. Because God never disciplines in anger. It's, it's only possible for us to take and for us to, uh, to deal with our children on the basis of, their, uh, of a relationship of love. You see, when it comes to dealing with your child, there's kind of two sides to it. Right? There's one, you're not going to let them do what they want to do. So you're going to frustrate their will. So you're going to stand against them. So you're going to get in their face and not let them do what they want to do. That's pretty bad. You know, nobody who's got a will, and everybody does, likes that. Okay? But that's acceptable based upon the fact that they know you love them. And you're looking out for their best. Listen, I can take the dealing of God in my life because I know he loves me. I know God cares about me. I know he wouldn't bring something into my life if it wasn't important for me. I know he wouldn't bring a difficulty and a, a something hard into my life unless he knew, listen, he needs this. This is for his good. You know, when your children sense that you don't love them, all the rest of it goes awry. Because they need to be loved. They need to know that you care about them. They need to know that the discipline and all the rest that you're doing in your life is born out of love. That needs to be communicated because that's the, 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 the balance of it. You know, we talked about the balance of truth and mercy. It's kind of like that in, in your relationship with your kids. You love them and you discipline them. But there's got to be love there. There's got to be that love. You see, God doesn't abuse his children. But when we don't love our children, they sense they're being abused. They sense they're being not cared for, not trained, but just abused. There's got to be that balance between Love and mercy between love and discipline in their lives. Uh, between truth and mercy, love and discipline. Uh, the, the two have got to be there for them. And, uh, and that needs to be in our hearts. We need to love our kids. You know, one of the studies I, I read this week was absolutely incredible in the fact that it was a huge study. I'm not going to read it for you because it was long and, uh, and, uh, and the words were, were, were lengthy in it and, and all the rest. But basically the heart of the study was this, right? that children grew into people that either felt rejected or felt loved based upon a father's love for them. Now, I'm not taking it out of the air. I'll give, it, give you the study if you want to look at it. But <clears throat> what I was saying was that, you know, mother's love is hugely important in a child's life. But when it comes down to the idea of rejection, it's actually dad that has the lead in that. That if dad rejects the kid, if dad doesn't love the kid, it has a huge impact upon the kid. Now look, I understand. You know, we were raised in an, in an Ireland, I'm not sure uh, for the rest of you, but we, we were raised in an Ireland where fathers would never dream of telling their children they love them. It, was just, it just didn't happen when I was a kid. Uh, did I know my father loved me? Well, yeah, he did things for me. Did he ever tell me? He would never have dreamed of doing that. That, that, that was just not in his vocabulary. I'm sure his father had never told him that either. That, that's just the way life was. And I understand that many of us may have been raised in, <clears throat> in a context where you weren't sure your father loved you and accepted you. You know, he may have communicated exactly the opposite to you, but you know what? You have a heavenly father that can make up the gap. And understand this, that listen, that heavenly father can make up the gap so that your kids know that you love them, so that your kids know that you care about them. Let's not look back, let's look forward. But if we're going to discipline our kids and do it effectively, 
We need to love them. And finally, the only person that can adequately discipline is one who lives responsibly under adequate discipline themselves. You know what? If you're going to discipline your kids, they need to know that you're under authority too. They need to know there's somebody in charge bigger than you. They need to understand that it's not just because dad's on a mad one. They need to understand, you know what? There's somebody in charge of the whole situation and I have a dad who's responsible to somebody and that person is God. And you need that your kids need to understand that you are walking with God. Dad, you carry an incredible picture to your children. You're the picture of God. You carry incredible authority in their lives. Listen, you have the final say in so many issues in their lives. You know, you have got to be walking with God and depending upon God for them to be able to trust you. For them to be able to look at you and say, you know what, this is okay. I can depend upon this guy to lead me because, you know what, he's walking with God. Dads, it's not hard to walk with God. It really is not. <clears throat> you walking with God is probably the most important thing you could do as far as your family is concerned. You walk with God and your wife's going to breathe a sigh of relief. She's going to say, I'm in safe hands because he's in God's hands. You walk with God and your children are going to look and say, it's okay. Dad's walking with God. It's okay. We can trust him. It's okay. Listen, if you walk with God, you can breathe so much confidence and security into your home that it's incredible. But you've got to walk with God. You can't be a lone ranger as far as this is concerned. You've got to be walking with God. They've got to see you, that you're under authority, that you're doing what God would have you to do because otherwise they're going to come to the place where they look at you and they just, they just wonder why. Now, isn't that a reasonable question? You know, is it, isn't it reasonable for, for Eilish to want to know, why is he doing this to me? Well, of course it is. You know, at that stage, listen, as she grows, that will become a much more important question in her mind. But if she knows he loves me, he cares about me, he's doing it for my good, it won't take the pain out of the spanking. But you know what? It takes the bitterness out of it. It takes the hurt out of it. But when you're walking with God and loving your kids, you know what's going to happen? It inspires confidence in what you're doing. And you know the most secure kids in the world? The most secure kids in the world are children who have parents that love them and did the business as far as discipline is concerned. They are the most secure kids in the world. Bar none. Because you know what? God says that's love. Now, if you love your kids, you're going to deal with them. And kids somehow know that. It's written in their hearts. So look, <clears throat> here's the challenge to us today. We may look back and we may say, you know what, my home, my past was bad. It was tough. We may look back and we, we, we may see issues. And <clears throat> listen, we can put them behind us today. You may look at your own past this morning and say, even my, my work as a father, I've not, not been the kind of father I should be. I've not, I, I've not been all, the, all that I should be. You, you may look at your family situation and you may think, listen, my man's not what he should be. My, my dad's not what he should be. But you know what? We have a Heavenly Father. And we can take and we can move on. And we can say, look, by God's grace, I'm going to be the best I can be. I'm going to be what I should be. I'm going to depend upon, to depend upon God to make me all that I should be. And you know what? We don't have to be chained to the past. We can move forward. And gathered in this room, there's enough manhood to actually have a huge impact upon society in Dublin. 
if we will walk with God and be the kind of parents that love him and serve him and do the business with our kids, you know what? We could actually change our society. I'm, look, I look at the world and it's a dark picture today. But when I look at Christianity and the power of God in Christianity and our ability to actually be the kind of men we should be and to train up a generation, I think we could raise heroes of the faith. I think it wouldn't be hard. We just need to be in the place where we let God lead in our lives and we follow him with all our hearts and do it his way. That's bow for prayer. Father, we thank you for your word to us. We do thank you for the challenge to dads. And Lord, we ask that you would help us, Lord, to be the men that we should be. Now, blessed Spirit of the living God, we know, Lord, that the task you've set before us as fathers is huge. It's way beyond our ability. But, Lord, it's not beyond your ability. And I pray for every dad in this room, Lord, everyone that's raising children, that's got a hand and an influence and a say in the raising of children, Lord. Lord, may they be men of the book. May they be men that love you. May they be men that do the business as far as their children are concerned. Lord, may they have the courage and the uh, faith to actually take and discipline. Lord, may it be that, uh, Lord, where there are men that have older children. Lord, that they don't see to see, stop to pray and to reason and to seek. Lord, may it be where, where we need to change ourselves, Lord, that we're willing to let you do that work. But, oh, Lord, would you, would you raise up a generation from under us, Lord, that will go much further than us, that will walk with you, that will live for you, that will depend upon you. And Lord, would you bless in such a mighty way, Lord, that the world even sees a difference. And would you send us your breath upon it all, Lord. Would you start a fire that's going to affect everything and everyone. And we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.